Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love never fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly Set love, the free. Set, the Set the captives free. free. Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Give up a chance. Give up your heart. Love never fails. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with two amazing men and community leaders. So grateful to have you both here today. Uh, first, we have Chief Jeff Liu, who is the East Palo Alto Police Chief um, and uh, was appointed to the role here and just passed in April. And um, he began his career in law enforcement as a police officer in September 2000 and has served in patrol investigations, uh, became a sergeant in 2009. And um, in 2015, he was promoted to commander and um, remained commander until January 2021, until he became the East Palo Alto interim, interim chief of police. Um, so with over 20 years of experience, uh, Chief Jeff Liu has really been uh, working diligently for the people of East Palo Alto. He's also a board member at Forensic Science Research Center at California State University um, and uh, the Wine Country Marines. And he's also an instructor of police cadets. And so I'm so uh, grateful to have you on the show. And I, I want to mention Chief Lou is married to Lisa, his wife of 16 years, and he has two children and one granddaughter. And he's best known for, and I can attest to this, Leading from the heart. Welcome to the show, Chief Lou. Thank you so much, Vanessa. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And then, of course, we have um, just a, a man who's such a blessing to me and to our community, uh, Jeff Austin, who has been a member of East Palo Alto community for 62 years, served as the executive director of Mid Penn Athletic Association for 15 of those years developing holistic development programs for youth through sports. Also served uh, the past six years as a member of the chair of the Senior Advisory Committee of East Palo Alto and is also an appointed commissioner for the Council on Aging for San Mateo County, uh, working in various fields um, and also a minister of the Gospel of Jesus Christ at St. Mark AME Zion Church in EPA. He's also served as a Marine uh-oh, Semper Fi, and, uh, and has studied uh, business admin and management. Welcome. So, uh, and also, I just should say that Jeff is an, uh, has been an integral member of our East Palo Alto coalition, as has, uh, uh, and I say Jeff, see, I got to call you Austin and Lou, because <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get confusing. Uh, Austin has been an integral member as well as Chief Lou. Both have been integral members and part of the group that has launched East Palo Alto's um, Against Human Trafficking Coalition. So thank you both for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me and us. Yes, and us, the Jeffs. Yeah, I was talking to both of them as we were preparing and I kept saying, and you, Jeff, and you, Jeff. And they're like, which Jeff? What are, who are you talking to? So anyway, so let's start with you, Austin, because you're laughing a little too much over here. <laughs> um, yes, exactly. Tell, tell us how you, why do you care about the community so much? What, what makes you, what makes you tick? And how is this, how is the work that you do tied to your why in, in life? One, I am a lifelong resident of East Palo Alto. Uh, love my city. city. Uh, I've seen it go through changes from the 60s, Panthers, to the drug war period. I've been there when we were the murder capital of the nation. 
there's no place on the planet that's more resilient than its people and more diverse in the way that we go about I really believe it's a call from God uh, because there's been times when I tried to run from this city, this city always drawed me back. And, uh, you know, the uh, work that we're doing now really has come through years of working with children, uh, working with families, uh, seeing some of the issues and problems that we had. Cause when you're, I coached football for 22 years here in other the country and, um, you know, when you're a coach, you get to hear the ins and outs and some real personal things with folks. You know, God just put it on my heart to continue to work. I uh, started to look at the human trafficking some years ago uh, through a Facebook page. Parents again, and we work, and now that's coming to the forefront as the priority area of my life. But basically, the answer to that is one, it's a calling from God, and two, I love my city. Love my city here. Yeah. Beautiful. What about you, Chief Lou? What, what, what makes you tick and why, why did you, why did you enter into law enforcement at, and specifically an EPA? So law enforcement, um, I was kind of a lost soul coming out of, coming out of high school. I went to school, Palo Alto high school, um, didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went to Foothill for a couple of years, played a little football up there and, I uh, ended up going to San Diego State. I still had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, but I got a campus job. Uh, I got a campus job working with the police department down there, just kind of wandering around the parking lots, um, looking for people stealing cars or breaking into cars. And um, I was able to catch a couple people. And I felt like, wow, I feel like this job actually matters. I'm not just you know shuffling paper or... Uh, doing some mindless work, this job actually impacts people. So that's what started me down law enforcement. But that evolved. When I came to East Palo Alto in September of 2000, um, I learned a different side of policing. I, um, through uh, Lieutenant Ron Sibley, who's um, asked, he taught me about making connections with the community and really making impacts beyond just just regular traditional police work, but actually forming those partnerships. And, you know, it's those partnerships that have, you know, carried me through all these years and kept me motivated and um, keep me going to this day. Wow. That's wonderful. Yeah. So we have, um, we're in this new era post COVID. Right. Um, And I, and I believe, you know, as it was mentioned, you were a uh, interim police chief, uh, chief Luke, uh, starting in January 2021, right? So for a large portion of your interim time was under, you know, dealing with COVID and whatnot. Um, and and so I'm I'm curious, what is your perspective on the impacts that COVID has had to um, the people of EPA and um, and specifically around human trafficking um, and you know abuse of people, um, the, you know, the, the vulnerability of people, uh, what are, what's your perspective on that at this time? COVID COVID really changed the game and it wasn't just COVID. We went law enforcement, went through a lot of changes from 2020. Um, and, and we're still changing now, but things that the game has changed quite a bit, uh, during COVID when people are confined to their homes or confined from going out, it really changed the way that the world worked. And our society kind of adapted both in a good way and a bad way. When it comes to human trafficking, all of a sudden the Internet and social media became very, very important, very prevalent in the way that the. Um, they're how should I put it? Recruited. Yeah, that um, that industry, not industry. What am I thinking of, Vanessa? Yeah, recruiting. How I think. Is, yeah, yeah. How that crime is, you know, the grooming and the recruiting. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's not out on the street quite as much as it used to. Now it's all it's like dial it up or um, and so it really changed things and really took it underground, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, one study showed that there was a 700 percent increase in um, human trafficking online um, during COVID because we were all forced online. And so, of course, a lot of it was happening on sites like OnlyFans. And um, certainly on Instagram and 
and, you know, Facebook and uh, Snapchat. And so um, it's been um, it's been challenging because we've had to uh, we've had to up update our strategy. Right. So we're going to come back um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. You know what we specifically set to do with EPAC and then how we see that playing out here in in the city um, and hopefully modeling what um, this could look like for cities across the nation. So we'll be right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Are you struggling to find peace in your life? Feeling anxious? Or going through a difficult life storm? Scott Dixon, a Christian humanitarian filmmaker and host of the Dove Teachings web series, wants you to know that you are not alone. Go to doveteachings.org to see great Dove teaching lessons, pastor insights, and aspiring testimonies. You can watch the current show and more at doveteachings.org. That's D-O-V-E teachings.org, where you will find peace in your daily life through the teachings of Jesus. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. Thanks, and welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with the Jeffs, (laughs) Uh, with Chief Jeff Liu and Jeff Austin. And we're so grateful to have you both there from East Palo Alto and uh, just talking about the ways in which they are committed to serving the community. Um, And so I um, wanted to just touch on this body of work that we've been focused on, which is called EPAC, East Palo Alto Against Human Trafficking Coalition. Uh, We put that in front of the city council in uh, September of last year, noting that um, we had some challenges in the city um, from the standpoint of uh, human trafficking, uh, trying to address human trafficking, both proactively and, you know, intervention-wise, prevention and intervention-wise. And um, and there were some specific cases that, you know, we had tried to work on over the years and some immediate things, some grooming that was going on that uh, we wanted to address. And so we came up with a four prong strategy uh, that includes um, awareness, uh, education, public safety and outreach. And um, we've been really trying to chip away at all four areas. And so I wanted to just ask, um, I'll start with you, Jeff Austin, um, as you've been engaging in this, you know, in EPAC, what are some of the things, first of all, I'd love to hear, what are some of the things that you personally think people who join us will learn straight away, maybe based on, um, you know, what you've learned, right? What do you think that would be the benefit to someone that would become involved with EPAC? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is it will raise their level of awareness of the prevalence of the actual crime in our city. Um, mm-hmm. It's going on. It's it's hidden. Uh, our task, one of our tasks and mission is to, again, raise that level of awareness to where folks that are dealing with our children uh you know, churches, leaders, social activists, whoever's in the city that actually care about our children and, and, and our future uh, are going to get a, a plethora of information that's going to be useful for them as well as keeping our children safe and, you know, and having our community be a, a safe place for all involved. Um, so that's the biggest part to our to our efforts now. But I also believe that by having a coalition like this within your city, it gives another resources uh, another resource to connect to resources for victims, for families, 
that struggle with it because this is not just a you know, one-time thing. This this goes on for decades. The the damage that is caused from this particular uh, uh, crime, for all intents and purposes, is long term. And you need, a, in this case, a village. It takes a village to really combat it, bring it to the light, and then figure out what to do about it when it does occur. And it does. It does occur quite frequently. So uh, we're looking at that. They're going to also see uh, some dedicated folks. Who, who, who are uh, got their hearts in it, uh, who are really dedicated to making sure that everyone is aware of who is around them and how to deal with these things when they when they do arrive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I wanted to ask you specifically, I remember there was a, a situation where you were uh, either a security guard or you were in the parking lot. Um, at, you know, one of our um, facilities there in, in uh, one of our buildings there in EPA was late at night and there it was. Right. You know, and you were like, wow, it's happening like mm-hmm. right here, you know, in Jeez. front of in front of our businesses. And it was just uh, not that you hadn't seen it before, but I think what you relayed to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but is that you were just kind of turned up to tuned up to to notice that there was a uh, something going on right there. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Oh, that, that incident was quite a while ago, but that's not really rare. Uh, yeah. What, what, what again is that that particular incident was that it is, can be right in front of you. Right. And it could be going on right in front of you. Now, if I was not aware of particular uh, circumstances or issues in my past, I would have yeah. never recognized what that was. Right. I would have been able to recognize what was going on right there. But right. having that information or having that familiarity of what right. to look for in a trafficking situation will uh, allow me to kind of intervene down the road uh, yeah. in some other ways and find out that it, it really was that kind of situation. Um, yeah. That's the kind of stuff that we want to raise the level on is, do you really know what you're looking at? Right. Yeah. So it could be you right see in people front of you. talking right in front of you and and you're going, you know, you might just be thinking, oh, these are two people in a relationship. But no, they're actually negotiating a rate and they're getting ready to pop in this car and go do what they're going to do. And then she's going to be back in about 10 minutes yeah. looking for somebody else. In any city, with any city, you can you can find it. There's areas that it that it goes. But then there's this. This underlying piece, like Chief was talking about, where, where the Internet has now come in and it's gone underground. Well, where, how, do, how do we see that? Because it's only going to pop up in fragments. Right. Right. It really has to be a concerted effort with our schools, with our with our medical facilities, our store owners, those mm-hmm. kind of folks. You know, we got to have uh, plastic your area with, uh, you know, this is not OK here. Right. Uh, so that they know that there are folks that actually care enough uh, to make a call if you want to engage yeah. in that activity in this area. Yes. And I think, too, um, it, it's also on, on us to identify where people can go when they need the help. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's one thing, you know, is. right, what you're looking at. But what are you going to do about it? And and. Because most folks, let's be real, they don't, you know, there, there's a thing in a lot of our communities, the snitches get what? Yeah. Stitches, right? So right. Yeah. Days, the mindset of that when it comes to the, the heinousness of this this crime. And again, you asked the question earlier, what, what are you going to learn about? Uh, with the testimonies of the young women and young men that, that come forth in our organizations, you'll see how heinous this really is and how far along it affects people. But you can have anonymous calls, anonymous tip lines that that we uh, make sure that we have those numbers available to folks. And as we continue to build to develop our coalition, hopefully at one point, maybe even safe houses here. I know that Love Never Fails has those already. But those are the areas we, we want to see that to go into and maybe even some kind of intervention. And I think Chief will probably speak to some of the response things that we've been talking about as far as our police department and our community can work together to make sure that the victims of these type of crimes are taken seriously and that they're they're protected during that time. And I think those are discussions that we were having too recently. 
Yes, yes, yes. Well, let me ask Chief Lou, you know, what what do you um, when you think about um, the thing that you just, you know, we're getting ready to come to a close, but I would just want to get your immediate thought when you think about EPAC, what is the one thing that you are grateful that we're focusing on as a coalition that you think is a game changer for us? Uh, Like Jeff said, education. Uh, when you yeah. came to that one city council meeting, the first time I ever saw you, you said you jumped online and you were able to do a search and you found places within our own very community um, where human trafficking was taking place. Mm-hmm. That was a mind blower to me because I didn't know it. Uh, the yeah. game has changed that much. What used to happen on street corners or on the street is now in a very secluded environment. And we all need education on that. Law enforcement traditionally is playing catch up all the time, right? Yeah. As things change, as the community changes, as society changes, we're playing catch up and we're trying to stay up to date on the most recent trends. Love yeah. never fails. Our own East Palo Alto human trafficking advocate is going to bring yeah. us all that education so that we're learning real time and we're all learning together. Our community, police officers, we're all learning about this together and we're going to work on it together. That's how we do it. Wow. Yeah. Well, we're so grateful that you've been so welcoming and collaborative. Um, And I think that's the the big thing for me is that I'm learning a ton about, you know, the pressures that your organization is under and the, the changes that you're making. And then I'm learning about what Jeff's doing and, you know, in his capacity working with people in sports programs and, what I think uh, the thing that I'm so impressed with at an EPA is the the desire to help one another and um, and to learn from one another. It feels like everyone has their, you know, all of their titles in check. And we're just like coming and being like real folk, like really caring about the community and saying, well, what do you think? What do you think? So that's my takeaway in terms of why join EPAC, why come and be a part of what we're doing is just that you've got a bunch of people that really care. So we're going to take um, a quick break and I want to bring, come back and ask a uh, chief loop um, for some more insight about um, some of the things that, you know, just crime wise in the city that, um, that his, he and his team are working on um, and, um, and how that, connects into human trafficking, um, you know, whether it's gangs, whether it's gun violence, whether it's um, just that integration. Um, Sometimes we don't think about that. When we think about human trafficking, we think about it in an isolated way, but oftentimes it's very much interconnected. So we'll be right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with uh, Chief Jeff Liu and Jeff Austin. And uh, we call this The Jeff Show. Yes, we do. And we're just talking about all things EPA. Um, as we just mentioned in the last segment, um, our reasons for starting EPAC. And um, as I mentioned earlier, it's just been a great collaboration, whether it's, you know, uh, Father Goody from uh, St. Francis Assisi or uh, Pastor Paul Baines from St. Samuel or um, or uh, we have participation. Ida Campara from uh, Ravenswood Unified School District. Uh, Pamela Estes from San Mateo County uh, sheriffs, just a, just a wide range of folks. But one thing that Chief Lou mentioned, and again, so grateful to you for helping us advocating for us to re, uh, really put a stake in the ground and get a public safety survivor advocate. We have Hannah Diaz in place and she's been sort of helping us to fulfill and facilitate all of these um, these different projects as it relates to awareness, education, outreach, and public safety. And, and so uh, just super excited about what's going on there. But I want to ask you, Chief Lou, as we think about this interconnectivity between gun violence and gang violence and human trafficking, it's all, it's all um, 
related. And sometimes we compartmentalize them and we miss things as a result. And, and one of the, one of the things that happened last year that stuck, you know, stuck out to me as a, as a perfect example was uh, when Menlo Park took four people into custody in September, mid-September that had firearms, narcotics, marijuana, counterfeit currency, and fireworks. And they also had, get this, a female they call juvenile runaway in the home, which, you know, the article doesn't describe her as commercially sexually exploited child. But I can I'd be willing to put money on it that this person was a victim of human trafficking. How many times do you think that, you know, that we miss that because we don't always connect the two? Do you do, what do you think about that, Chief? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, as I stated earlier, Law enforcement is still learning about how all this works as well um, yes. with the human trafficking. Um, to add to it, you know, we still need to expand our expertise, but it's difficult because oftentimes victims of human trafficking they they're so scared they don't want to say anything too. Right. So even though they come across across police officers and they're now in a safe space, they're still reluctant to talk about what happened to them or what they're going through because you know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but part of the human trafficking um, culture is to brainwash and to scare um, the victims so much that they'll do whatever and they won't run away and just do whatever their their traffickers tell them to do. Um, It's very difficult because, you know, we're in a profession where we rely on victims to tell us what happened so that we can build a case. Yeah. don't have that how do we recognize those signs and how do we respond appropriately to get them out of that uh, very very dangerous uh, situation without yeah. being able to tell us and that's something right. that we need to really find a way to make that happen and then never mind the the fact that over the last couple of years police have really taken a hit with all of the anti-police sentiment it's really heightened people's willingness to trust anyone, you know, even if they're well-meaning, you know, and speaking in a trauma-informed way with a quiet voice, you know, bent down, just really trying to be survivor-friendly um, and oriented. Um, it's still a scary time because of all of the salacious, um, you know, media coverage that basically says, like, especially if the survivor's like Black or Latina, it's like, all these people are definitely going to kill me, you know? So if I say something or they're not going to help me and, and, you know, this is one of the things that um, I'm very troubled by because I'm so, I think that we need to humanize law enforcement so that we can get through this together. Uh, Certainly we need accountability, but you know, I, I, you know, if a survivor can't ask for help, then during bus like this, you know, but, where's the help going to come from? So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. So you, 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 you advocated for us to have a survivor advocate. Um, and we're talking even about, you know, bringing on more trauma training and trauma uh, leaders that will align with your department. I'm super excited about this because again, the humanization of law enforcement, I think uh, when you think about root causes, of um, abuse and violence, oftentimes it's because whoever is being violent has been dehumanized. And let that sink in for a moment. And that includes law enforcement. Whoever's being violent has been dehumanized. Um, They don't, they're not, they're not having a bad day. They can't have a bad day. They're robots. They can't, they can't have feelings. They can't have, you know, and so Tell me, you know, when we think about training law enforcement, and as you know, we have something on the calendar to train your team. When you think about trauma, what do you think some of the things are that, um, you know, when if you're, you're coming into the this place and you see all these guns and you see all these drugs and you see a girl, what is that law enforcement officer? What state of mind do they need to be in to be able to see that girl? in the right light. Oh my God. It's such a mix, uh, such a mix of emotions. Cause um, those of us who are parents who may have young, 
young daughters or nieces or family members that are the same age, the human side of us wants to, you know, we, what's the word I'm looking for? We see our family member in that same situation. Yeah. It can't help but, you know, strike deep. Mm-hmm. Um, but that can be a, a blessing and a curse, right? Mm-hmm. Because when, when you, when you put your family member in that position, you're going to do everything you possibly can for that, for that young lady or that person who's being trafficked. Yeah. But this time you got to carry those scars with you and you have to be able to process those. And mm-hmm. we've been investing a lot into officer wellness, counseling, um, being able to help people process these things. I mean, just last week we had a dog attack, um, a one-year-old girl. And really, it was a horacious, I mean, it was a, a horacious, it was a horrible, horrible um, accident as far as we can tell. But the officers that responded to that call, it hit them hard. Mm. So right now, I'm, fo- I'm focusing on them. It's like, hey, what can we do to reset them and to get them back in the right mindset so that they're, you know, this isn't being weighing, weighing them down? Because I'm not, I'm concerned about the long-term effects of that yeah. kind of trauma on the officers. I mean, you got to think about it. We're in a profession where um, traumatizing situations, that's what we're going to, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people get PTSD for trying to get away from these situations. We're going to them because that's what we do. Right. But how yeah. do we process? How do we deal with that? And how do we keep our officers mentally healthy? Um, and that's wow. something we have to constantly work at. Yeah. Well, I'm just so grateful that you're prioritizing that. And uh, you can just see, hear it in your voice and um, see it in the way that, you know, I've watched you with your officers real time and, and you genuinely care about them. And um, I think, and I see that they genuinely care about uh, the community. Um, And so, but I got to say, it must be really difficult when you walk in. I'm just thinking practically, you walk in, you're seeing guns, you're seeing drugs, and that's a certain kind of emotional feeling. like guns and drugs, someone that needs to get arrested and what are they doing? Right. And, and you're, and then you see a girl there yeah. and that's a different kind of way of responding. And so you have to be so emotionally dynamic where you're going over here, like grab the guys, cuff them up. You know, you guys are like dangerous, right? You, you got like a bunch of guns. If you look at the picture that's on the, the article, you know, you've got all kinds of rifles and all kinds of stuff that, you know, could be really dangerous. And now you've got to get tender and sweet and kind over here with the little girl that's there. And so that's where that tag teaming of some sorts is really important. I think with someone who's a clinical person, someone who's, a, you know, a, a social worker of sorts or an advocate of sorts. And so I'm going to come back and I want to hear from you, Jeff, because you've had this experience. Uh, Jeff Austin. Uh, I want to hear from Mr. Austin uh, because you've had this experience. Um, unfortunately, personally, you've had yeah. this experience just recently. And we know that it takes different types of people with different types of mindsets and different types of assignments to get this done. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with Jeff Austin. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. 
Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio with Jeff Austin and uh, Chief Jeff Liu. And before I, uh, we will be um, uh, signing off shortly. And I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you both for being here. Uh, you are so, uh, uh, you are doing amazing work in in each of your spheres. Really uh, respect both of you and, and grateful for you. Uh, Mr. Austin, question for you. Um, yes. You know, you've had an experience that um, just is horrific. And I wanted to uh, just invite you in here to talk about kind of response that we're going to strive to make sure we we get for you and others. Tell us about what it is that your family needed not too long ago. Uh, For those that don't know, uh, recently we had a home invasion. Uh, coupled with a sexual assault uh, on our 19-year-old daughter. Um, it, from the experience, first of all, I, I got to give God glory for it because if it wasn't for him, I'd probably be behind <laughs> Jeff's bar somewhere because my old mind would want to react to that. But uh, in the process, you know, uh, I truly believe that uh, what's meant for evil gets turned into good. And what we are discovering is some things that we need to to address. Uh, what we needed was uh, empathy for, for the victim. Uh, you know, there's got to be a, a certain way to handle that. And we're not saying by any means that things were handled terribly because they weren't. There's just a different mindset that we believe needs to be had for responders that come to, to sexual assault cases or if there's protocols in place, those things really, really should be followed. Um, you know, you have a young victim like you were explaining of going in with guns and drugs and you got that girl there, uh, you know, officers or a responder that's trained by professionals. Uh, and, and, and put on call to respond to those calls at the same time as the officers to make sure, uh, that we're keeping the victims as safe as possible and not re-traumatizing them, uh, over and over again. Counseling is definitely needed. Uh, this is not something that anyone should go through without having the ability to, to discharge the feelings, the emotions. Personally, uh, it's been difficult to even understand how to navigate with this. You know, prayers, of course, help. And I got a bunch of people that I talk to. Uh, and, and thank God that I'm connected to a lot of folks in the community and, and, and plugged in. But what about those that aren't? I think we do need responders that are uh, empathetic, that are well trained in traumatic occurrences, uh, trauma informed care folks. We need, uh, uh, school folks engaged because we uh, uh, not only the daughter was there, but my two 11 year old sons were also in the house at the time. So everybody's uh, got the need to, to talk about it. And honestly, that they're not quite there yet. Totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are uh, for myself again, like I said, it, it, it brings you into a, another level of thinking. And sometimes you kind of just kind of sit and you don't exactly know what to do with it. So I encourage uh, all of our efforts to be focused on uh, educating the public. I think Chief Lou was exactly right there. That we need to educate folks. We need to la- raise our level of awareness. And all of our parents need to unite around this. Mm-hmm. I think the parents are an integral piece uh, that can help bridge that gap. And we're going to be calling on clergy folks, uh, maybe some chaplain kind of training as being these mm-hmm. possible responders that go with uh, the, the police department. And this was not really coming from me. My wife kind of came up with some of this stuff. And mm-hmm. right now I need to be listening to her on this because uh, she she's definitely uh, devastated in certain ways, but she's resilient and and, and uh, uh, just determined. She's very determined to stay in front of your city council people when you see things like this, uh, having uh, apparatus in, in place that, that folks can go to and use so that they can be heard. You got to be heard on this and you got to have counseling and you need all of us to come together to eradicate this heinousness uh, that is definitely going on. So if we're in that old school mood, remember, this this is kind of taboo to be talking about this stuff. You know, we Mm -hmm. talked about my time in East Palo Alto, primarily African-American neighborhood coming up and we've 
changed over the years. Now we have a lot of different cultures here, but it was always a taboo issue. Uncle Johnny going to all the neighbor's house and all that kind of stuff. That stuff is against the law. That stuff harms people. And we want to make sure that we have folks in place that that are able uh, and trained and willing uh, to to cater and, and comfort those in that time of need. Yeah. Thank you so much, um, Jeff. I, I, I just want to uh, appreciate you and, and your wife for um, being so forthcoming and open about your personal situation. Of course, my prayers and my heart goes out to uh, your, your, your children and um, that have been so greatly impacted in. And yes, um, like you said, what the enemy means for bad, God uses for good. And, you know, and, and so I'm just, um, I'm grateful. I'm excited about the possibility. I just heard from uh, Chief Lou that um, there is a San Mateo County pilot that may be coming EPA's way that will put a mental health worker in the city. Um, so excited about that. Um, and then as we discussed, um, having some kind of training, formal training program of uh, chaplains. And I know that Pastor Baines is um, already, a, you know, the city's chaplain, but expanding mm-hmm. so that there's this rotative response team across many different groups that um, that will come and provide that comfort that you mentioned as so, 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 so important. Um, so that's what we're hoping for. We know you got a lot of listeners and we're asking all of y'all to pray. Yes. Nothing works like prayer. I'm, I got to preach a little bit now because that's part of who I am. Nothing works like prayer, prayer for the success of the illumination of awareness and knowledge of where we can actually help folks and eradicate these kinds of things in our communities. Yes. Well, if you are listening and you're thinking, you know, I want to be a part of that, um, I definitely would love for you to pray for us. And then also, um, if you are someone who says, you know, we we want to get behind this financially, um, those are some of the barriers that we're faced with. You know, uh, as Chief Lou mentioned earlier to me offline, there, there's an effort to raise $100,000 to bring in a mental health worker into EPA that can respond not only to sexual assaults, um, but to other mental health crises. Maybe someone is um, transitioning in their medication. Maybe someone is um, not diagnosed, formally diagnosed yet. Maybe someone's having a suicide, you know, suicidal thoughts. Um, All of this, there's an interconnectedness in all of this. And again, you know, as I always say, if we, if we uh, take the time to notice one thing, we'll notice 20 things. Because it's all about caring about one person and one person often has so many, so many different facets to them. So, again, I want to thank both of you for being on the show um, as we come to a close here um, and uh, invite everyone out for uh, EPAC. Uh, We have EPAC meetings every second and fourth uh, Tuesday of the month. And they are from 7 to 8.30 p.m. over Zoom or in person at St. Francis Assisi. And you can reach out to Hannah, that's H-A-N-N-A-H, at loveneverfailsus.com and she'll get you all the specifics. So uh, thanks again. We're going to go to go to a break now. And thanks for being with Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again have been in the studio today with the Jeffs on the Jeff Show. We've had Chief Jeff Liu from East Palo Alto PD and Jeff Austin, who's an advocate and activist and ministry leader in East Palo Alto as well. Thank you both for being on the show. Uh, we have several things that we want to invite you all to. 
Um, you've probably been seeing these on our social media, which, by the way, if you're not following us on social media, please go ahead and follow us right now. We are at Love Never Fails uh, 5 on Twitter, Love Never Fails Us on Instagram, Love Never Fails fan page on Facebook, and Love Never Fails on LinkedIn. I th- uh, we also have a Love Never Fails Us on TikTok. Um, we haven't been doing too much with that, but... Uh, we we're trying to we're trying to get uh, make sure we're relevant everywhere that we uh, can. So um, please do follow us. But we we've been promoting a few things that are going on. I want to make sure that you're a, a part of that and um, can join us. So first one is on July the fifteenth. It is our church coalition quarterly meeting and training. And the title of that is The Heart of Outreach. And that's from 9.30 in the morning to 10.30. It's going to be over Zoom. And um, we invite you to go to loveneverfailsus.com forward slash events. And there you will be able to register. It is a free meeting, free training for you. Um, and if you're not a part of our church coalition, uh, we'd love to invite you to join and get get you know, get in, engaged, get get started on the educational piece there on July 15th. Then come out and join us on August 19th from 9 to 5 p.m. at Faith Fellowship Church in San Leandro. Again, another free event. It's called Activate Outreach Conference. It's going to be from 9 to 5 p.m. And it's all about motivating you, your teams, churches, uh, businesses, uh, government leaders to work together to reach those that are in the streets, that are in the tents, that are actively being sold, that are in the gangs, that are out the doors of wherever we are, our houses, our churches, our businesses. And so Activate Outreach Conference, we'll be talking about practical ways that you can reach different people groups with relevant language and things that they need. And so please join us in this. Uh, We will hear from survivor leader and co-founder of Redemption House of the Bay Area, Elizabeth Kiros, uh, she'll be one of our keynotes, as well as missionary and a professional athlete, Ted Haas, as well as our very own Valerie Brown, who will be talking about prayer and talking about outreach that she's doing every day in Oakland and San Mateo, East Palo Alto, uh, San Francisco, Hayward, you name it. And um, and then, of course, I'll share a little bit as well. So please come on out. Uh, that is, again, August 19th, 9 to 5 p.m., and that's a free event. And um, there's just going to be it's you you won't want to miss it. If if your heart is to reach uh, people that are hurting, this is a great place for you to be. Uh, A couple things I wanted to share with you um, that are pretty serious and um, we really need your help. So if you go to our website, loveneverfailsus.com, there is a take action button there on the upper right hand corner of the page. It's also on all of our social media. And if you look just under the words, take action, um, there is a, a, um, a a, a box there that says I am launch house urgent appeal. And so I want to urge you to go there and learn about something that is going on with love never fails. So, um, we have always intended to purchase our first home that we opened in August of 2020. We've always intended to purchase it and house men in there um, that are men that are homeless, that are trafficked, that are hurting with their families. And we have done that since day one. And in fact, we uh, we hardly ever have a bed open. It's stayed full uh, since we since we opened and uh, just so grateful for that. Been able to touch so many lives. People have come through there and they've uh, they've been enrolled in IT biz and and received you know, sustainable jobs, been able to get their own places with them and their children um, and just live safe and and productive lives. Um, and, you know, they've also learned how to budget their uh, their their finances, you know, how to spend their money uh, properly so that they could invest for the future. They've learned about their own personal health, their own wellness um, and of course, they've just b- developed a brotherhood of, of, of caring for each other, of praying for each other, of um, supporting each other as they all have uh, worked 
collectively to pursue common goals, again, of economic sustainability. And we call it the, the I Am Launch House. Um, and that house is uh, the owners of the house are very eager to sell the house and have, you know, basically let us know in January, February that they would like to sell the house. We have attempted, we've done all that we can to um, apply for, you know, commercial bank loans. Unfortunately, most of the um, banks that we've worked with are, you know, uh, maybe not as uh, familiar as with nonprofit finances and some of the challenges that we have in terms of seasonality because we do rely on individual donations. Um, and so we weren't, we have not been, you know, we've done as much as we can. We've applied with three bank- banks and we've not been able to secure a commercial loan. Um, but what we have been able to do is bring together some uh, funding from donors and supporters, and we're so grateful for that. Unfortunately, we are we have a hundred thousand dollar gap, and so we're asking for your help to close that gap. If you would be so kind as to go to loveneverfailsus.com forward slash, or actually just loveneverfailsus.com and uh, click the take action and contribute to our urgent appeal, we would so very much appreciate it. All right. Well, that's what we have going uh, today. I hope that you are um, blessed by today's show. And um, of course, if you need to hear it again or you've never heard it before and you want to hear it for the first time, always remember that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Give up a chance.